Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Okay, this episode is going to be a little bit different than normal. We've been considering for the last handful of episodes Paul's exhortation to us to kill sexual sin. And as we've been meditating on it, one story has come to mind for me often, which I think serves as a great illustration of why this is so important. If you've been in the church a while or you've read your Bible much, you might be familiar with the story of David and Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 11. It's a story about a man who did not put these sins that we've been talking about to death, but rather he engaged in them. And I think it can serve as a warning to us on the importance of living out these things from Colossians 3 verse 5. So today, instead of looking at Colossians, I want to just tell you this story and allow you a few minutes to reflect on it. As we are now done looking at that list Paul was talking about, I just want to take one step back and reflect on what it looks like to put sexual sin to death and specifically the dangers of not putting it to death. And unfortunately, we find that story in 2 Samuel 11. David is king in Jerusalem, and he sends his men out for war. And verse 1 says they are victorious on the battlefield. But verse 2 says this, It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house, that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And at this point, I don't believe there is any sin yet. It doesn't read as he was stalking or pursuing something. He was just simply on his roof. And as the king, his house was probably quite high, much higher than others around him. So as he's walking on the roof, he could see this woman bathing. Now, there's a lot to unpack and say about this story. I'm going to move pretty quick. But to this point, it doesn't appear that he or the woman are doing anything explicitly wrong. However, this is a deciding moment for David. There is now, by seeing her, a temptation for sin in his heart. And up to this point in David's story, He is often described as one who trusts in God, lives uprightly. So as you're reading this story, you might think, okay, David sees her. He's going to avert his eyes. He's going to put to death any lustful passions or desires that may arise in him, which would be the thing that Paul is calling followers of God to do in Colossians 3. That is what you would think David might do. But what does he do? It says next, And David sent and inquired about the woman. Okay, stop there one more time. At that point, there still isn't explicit sin, but it appears that David is flirting with temptation here. You know, oftentimes we talk about sin very black and white. Is something a sin or is it not a sin? Can I do this action or not? Well, inquiring about her may not explicitly break one of God's commands, but it's for sure unwise and it's flirting with temptation, it would seem. This is not 
putting to death anything in regard to sexual immorality. This is flirting with sexual immorality, giving it a little bit of life in your heart and mind. This is treating sexual immorality as a light thing that you can just treat lightly. And I think it begs the question from us, is that how we view sexual immorality or sexual temptations? Is it a small thing to us? Is it something that we can control, we think, or get close to? Well, the story continues. And one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. This temptation quickly turned to sexual immorality. And there are all sorts of markers in these verses that David should not do this, but primarily he was coveting another man's wife, lusting after her, desiring a sexual immoral act with her, and his flirting with those temptations, his giving life to those things, turned into giving in and committing sin. So how does that story illustrate for us the point Paul is trying to make in Colossians 3, five? Well, this story is describing a man of God who was not intentionally and diligently putting to death sinful desires. He gave them life until they led to sexual immorality. And notice in that story how there were multiple points where this temptation could have been fought. He could have been working or fighting with his men, not laying on a couch in the middle of the day. When he saw her, he could have turned away. He could have left it at seeing her and not sought out who she was. He could have killed the lust in his heart after he found out who she was and that she was a married woman. There was a number of places along the way, opportunities for him to put to death sexual immorality, to fight for holiness. And his lack of engaging in the war led to a defeat. And really, as you read the rest of David's story, it is marked by the fallout from this sin. There's murder, there's losing the baby as she gets pregnant, there's family drama and conflict, there's a kingdom that distrusts him at time. He's a king marked by not a great ending. And one takeaway for me is that allowing sexual sin will never lead to thriving fruitfulness for God. He may use it, and he often does, use broken, sinful people. But whether it's immediate or maybe it's one day, that allowance of sin in your life will bring complications and it will bring consequences. So as we wrap up this section, here's my final plea once again. Fight sexual sin in your life. Engage in the war. Join the fight. Do not believe the lie that you can passively sit by, that you won't be affected by it, that it's not hurting anybody, or that you can control the temptations. It is going to take a fight. It will take intentionality. And I know it's hard to admit these things or bring these things to light sometimes, but it will also take a community. So I really want to encourage you. God's grace can cover all of your sins. If you are in Christ, he covers all your sins. But God's grace can also compel us to holiness by the power of God's Spirit. We do not have to feel condemned, and we can be empowered 
to victory. So today, take a few moments, ask the Lord what the next step might be for you in the fight against sexual sin. And between you, the Lord, and a trusted community, join the fight, wage war, and put to death the sexual immorality in your life. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.